The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Today was the birth of the baby born. It's on only some 65-year-old couple, Mazelta. Here's a picture holding the proud baby, the proud parents holding the baby. I mean, I'm just embarrassed. The mole was, uh, his hand was shaking. Mole was 75. <laughs> kid's going to be a young orphan. Yeah, it's Most women assume that kid. after my age 45, the childbearing days are over. Well, Chai, Sarah Shachar didn't give up so fast. See what it says who the mole was. So, are they going to have any more children? I don't know. I mean, like he the says. Baby's name is. Uh, another one, by the way, last year, similar story. 61 year old woman gave birth to her first son in Jerusalem's Sharitetic. Last year, though she had been pregnant with twins and lost the girl, she similarly attributed her miracle to a blessing by the late Rabbi Avad Yosef. And then the next picture is Rabbi Redensky. See this picture? Well, since the kid's going to be orphaned relatively young, not with disappeared. Maybe. Uh, imagine being 65 and have to yeah, chase yeah. around a little kid when he starts walking. The, the whole exercise. thing is crazy. Anyway, so the question was we discussed, um, there's two, uh, the issue was, um, yeah. The issue was, is it permitted for a woman to get pregnant? Yeah, I saw that. Is it permitted for a rabbi to give a blessing to have a woman get pregnant? No. Um, at that age? No. What about the societal factors where you have, as you said, the kid could be an orphan at a young age? What about, uh, what other factors are there? Is that some other? The child the risk be born to the woman, the risk to the, child, risk to the yeah. child. So risk to the woman. Right. It's a lot of risks. So we started reading, so there's two things to read with you. This is the response from the Binyan Sion. Okay. Binyan Sion was lived in the late 1700s, I remember exactly. Anyway, he discusses this at length. Not this. He, he, uh, this was a question that was posed to him about a woman. We'll read it again because last week we didn't get to read it. Um, and now I read it. Fascinating Shuva. So I took out some of the good parts. It says like this. Uh, you see it on top there. Shalza Shuva's Binyan Sion, Simon Kup Flamadayan. That's the chapter 137. He says like this. Baruch Hashem. Altana. Altuna. That's where he was. Where's Altuna? Altuna? Yeah. Pennsylvania. No, no. <laughs> Somewhere in Germany. Or I'm looking about. I'm looking to see when uh, Binyan Sion lived. So, Yom Gimel Zion Tevis. Tuesday of the 7th of Tevis, Tuf Reish Chaf Dalit. I believe is maybe 1924. Maybe. Okay. Not sure. Maybe 1884. Maybe 1824. I have not. No. no, it's 1924. Um, Le, Le Pol, Harava Goen, Moreno, Harav Alexander, Aaron. Aaron. Avbezdin, the Kvod Kedushas. Fegersheim. Sounds like Germany to me. Somewhere in Germany. So this is Al Davashay Lasudamar. First paragraph on What is the noon? Neira Yahir. May his candle, he, may his light shine for I thought it was New York. No. Neira Yahir. He Neira? lived 1798 yeah, yeah. to 1871. So it's 1824. Oh, so 1824. 1798, 1824. So he's in 1800. So he was 26 years old then. And, um. Wow. So, well, no, where no, did he live? That's wrong. No, that's wrong. That's when uh, his mother lived. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Talking about the same guy? I have a picture. Is Binyan Sion, that's not his name, right? That's the name of his book. But yeah, his name. It, it was Rabbi Yaakov Ettinger. Ed, Ettinger, yeah. Ettinger. Yeah, 1798 to 1871, the, in uh, so Karlsruhe, Germany. Okay. And, um, so it's still 1824. In 1823, he was appointed Rosh Hashiva of the Bet Midrash in yeah. Mannheim, Germany. And then 12 years later, so when he wrote this, he was in Mannheim. 12 years later, he became the Rav and Rosh Hashiva of Altona. Altona, okay. Binyan is the name of the book, yeah. Altona, Germany. Uh, I'll, I'll check that in a minute. Sounds like Spain. Altona doesn't sound German. 
Anyway, in either case, says Adav based on your question, Demar of the Master Nereyar, may his light shine forth. Beisha, a woman, Shakal Pav Every time she gives birth, Kashes she has major uh, travails. An extreme danger. When she only escaped through the kindness and the grace of God. But now, those evil doctors are saying, to the husband, you should be careful. Do not go near your wife. Enough already. Leave her alone. Alton is in western um, Germany near Hamburg. It's in Hamburg. So he says, don't go near your wife, ki imti sabarod, because she might get pregnant again. A tailor, and she'll give birth. Ain mazar refua. There's no, I don't know what mazar means, but there's no healing. The Thomas, she's going to die, bevadai, surely die, vishalish, beruach nishpra, and the husband is asking, a broken spirit, ubemar nafsha, with a depressed soul. May he have relations with his wife, bemoch, with a condom, the balti saber. In order she shall not get pregnant. Even though he already fulfilled his requisite amount of children of with a son and daughter. He had refilled them. Yes, even though he has. I'm assuming he's saying, even though he has. Even so, Yitzra Takfa, listen, he's still got a, he's still a man. Um, and his Yitzra Hara is strong. Levilti Sheves. And he's not ready to rest yet. Gilmo, the Yavl de Isser, come to prohibitions. The Gam Kedei Lakai and Mitzvah Sona. Also, of course, he wants to fulfill the mitzvah, having relationships, pleasing one's wife. That was the question posed to Rabbi. Tough thing, Rabbi. Questions you gotta answer. Near Linnaeus Dietis, he says in the next paragraph, it seems, in my humble opinion, the time of the Rabbanan. So, first of all, so I, I skipped there the first. There's a much longer response. Um, the whole first part is dealing with the sugya, um, the, 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 that in the tract at Yavamas, which we might do at some point if there's interest, um, dealing with birth control. There's a whole, um, in Yavamas, there's a whole two pages dealing with what's called, where it says, Gimel Nashim Shamshas There are three women who we allow to use birth control. And there's a big. Uh, argument there as to why, I mean, and the three women is because it's dangerous for them to get pregnant. The reason why for the allowance of birth control is because it's either dangerous to them or their child. Um, that's why, that's the allowance of birth control. Um, one is a pregnant woman, who in those days it seems could still, was concerned, could still get pregnant, which uh, we spoke about before is documented cases like that in the past. Then there's a nursing woman. The assumption was if she gets pregnant, she's not going to produce enough milk for her baby, so it's a danger to the baby. Um, and the third one, Uberes Minekes, and I forgot the third one. Um, so. It might be this case where the woman could die. Yeah. Who cares about the woman? <laughs> um, <coughs> um, I don't remember the third case. We'll look it up in a second. So, but anyway, he discusses that at great length prior to this. It's a big machlok. It's, it's very detailed, and that's why I took it out. You know, understanding the Gemara, that's a whole class unto itself, because there's a big argument amongst the early authorities. They were shown him, Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, whether it's referring to before when can you use the birth control, when we're permitting it. Before the, before, or is it like the morning after pill? Is it afterwards you try to absorb the... Absorb, not abort, or but prevent but, the but, right, meaning you stick a sponge in and get the, the semen out. That's the yeah, way we're going to time understand afterwards. So there's so we're not going to get into all that. But after all that, he's, he's really focusing on this concept of what's considered danger, what's defined as danger. That's really the issue. So he so he says after this uh, whole page that I took out that I deleted. It seems my humble opinion. The time of the Rabbanan, the reason for the rabbis, the Afrikaf to declare Biodeno. Even though we have a, because it's, it's an argument in the, in the Gemara there, the Rabbanan say, do not, you can't even use birth control, but the question is why? If there's a danger to life, so why? We're always, we have a klal, um, in, in tract at Yuma, it says, we ain't holchin we don't, we don't, normally in halacha majority rules. 
when it comes to saving a life, numbers don't make a difference. Even if there's a 1% danger on Shabbat, you violate Shabbat. Don't fool around with people's lives. So majority rules is not applicable to cases of Pikuch Nefesh. So the question is, why here, when it comes to birth control, do we seem to be applying... Um, why are we waffling? Right, why are we waffling? That's mm-hmm. the question. So he says, near the time of the Rabban, the Avag of the Chalal, even we have a principle in our hands, there's nothing that stands in the way of Pikuach Nefesh. And in cases of Pikuach Nefesh, where, it, where someone's life is in danger, we don't use the majority rule. Majority is irrelevant, out the window, right? We said the case in, in Yuma, in the track there, we learned about if a building collapsed, and there's basically, you know, 0.0% chance that this guy's alive. You're allowed to violate Shabbat, remove the rubble on Shabbat. Right, even though numbers-wise, there's no chance this guy's gonna live. You know, the doctors say this guy's dead. That's where they have this phrase about pikuach nefesh. Yeah, ain't hochem pikuach nefesh Rov is irrelevant. So he says dafka. So this is a key point, which is massive chiddush, um, I believe, um, in the in the laws of pikuach nefesh of saving life. He says dafka. When do we say that? That you don't waffle when it comes to pikuach nefesh. In the case where there surely is danger to life, lefanenu. Case where the building collapsed. Okay, so we know there's danger to life here. There's no question about it. The question is, what are the chances of this person living? So that we're saying is irrelevant. Those numbers don't play a role. You gotta, you gotta violate Shabbat. In that case, we're concerned about even the most minute um, amount of uh, of whatever it is, even the most uh, minority in numbers. We're still going to. Uh, I tell only us. have three minutes here. Three minutes can uh, can change your life. Three minutes of Torah can change your life. You can't say the most minute because there's always a danger to a woman's life in a pregnancy. Oh, so we're going to talk about it. That's a very good point. So I mean, every every pregnancy there's risk involved. So he says, but in a case of real danger, he says with choshesh, I feel the mute to the mute, even the most little, little amount of danger, percentage-wise. Avol b'shaita, ain't pam pikuach nefesh. Um, but if at the time, the present time, there is no concern of danger to life, there's a concern of a future danger. So he says that's very different. Now this is where he's going to draw the line. Very the principle. In a certain sort of. sense, yeah. I mean, maybe I, I didn't think about how to, how that applies here. But he's saying he's saying it that the numbers are irrelevant when it comes to danger. But that's only in a clear and present danger. If there's a future danger that it will arise, we don't, then we, the numbers come back into play. And that you go with the majority. So it has to be 50%, more than 50% cause of danger. Future danger. Yes, when it comes to future danger. Present danger, no percentage. Wait, you go with Percentages are irrelevant. Wait, wait, is he saying 50% danger or majority? 50, more majority, than 50%. 50, yeah. Yeah, more than 51%. Not, not 50% danger. Yeah, 51%. Um, so then it goes back to our regular numbers just like prohibitions we go with majority majority rules so to in, in case of future danger he says what's his proof what is his proof interesting proof he says how could you ever travel on the 610 how could you ever go to a desert we know when you travel overseas so you make a blessing a goma we discussed it in the past right, it's the goma blessing because you got through danger who, who, so you're an idiot it's prohibited to go. Who let you go travel overseas? Because you want to take a cruise? Because your wife wants to go on a cruise? That's the reason to, to go overseas. Who, who permitted you to put yourself in danger? But still, we make a blessing when you come back to each survive the danger. Clearly, it's a dangerous situation, and we're allowing you to go. Right? How could you ever go on a cruise? So the fact that we're allowing you, says, you see from there, that's his proof. How could you ever go in the seas? Go across the desert. These are the things that you have to say, that you were saved from the danger. How is it permitted to place yourself in that dangerous situation to begin with? The laver and to violate the, the verse in the Torah. To, uh, to heed your soul. El Alkarchach, he says, it must be forced to say, since at the time you're leaving, when I'm getting on that cruise, everything is fine and dandy. There's no salmonella in the food. There's no, uh, right, everything is good. Life is good. 
Right now we're still playing shuffleboard, mahjong, everything's great. So at that time there's no danger. So we go to the majority. Right now, if most people that get on cruises, do they die? No. Most people come back alive. Okay. So he says, so, so you see, when it's a future danger, he's saying we look at the majority. If majority of people that went on a cruise, you know, got food poisoning or didn't come back alive, then we wouldn't allow you to go on the cruise. But the fact that a majority don't, so then we allow it, even though clearly there's, there could be a future danger. There's very large possibility of a future danger. I'm still confused. You're saying majority of the post-scheme that rule one way or the other, majority of oh, the danger. Majority okay. of the danger. Yeah, danger. Right. Talking about numbers, numbers and danger. So he's saying, so that's where majority plays a role, when it's not a current and present danger. It's a future danger that could arise. Another proof he brings, another fascinating proof, he says like this, Odraya, the famous Gemara in Brachos, um, Gemara in Brachos says like this, Madamina Brachos, Taflama Gimel, on page 33 in Brachos, Afilu Nachash Karachalakva, the Gemara in Brachos says that if you're praying Shmonesri, and a snake, you know, there's a prohibition, when you're in the middle of Shmonesri, you're not supposed to interrupt, ever. Middle of the Amidah, right? You know, so can't talk, your wife's calling, nothing. You can't interrupt your Shmon Esri. Right, so, the, but the Gemara says that, uh, read the Gemara. See if I can find it quickly. The snake the comes up to bite you. This is the snake. You could stop and make a boot out of it. Yeah, even if a snake belt. is wrapped around your feet, you still don't interrupt your Shmon Esri. Right. Sure. Oh, that's commitment. Yeah. That's yeah. serious It commitment. hasn't been tested, by the way. <laughs> Since when do they allow snakes into shul? They pay their dues. Just being pregnant. They pay their dues. They do to check out this mitzvah, make sure that it's a test. Well, I just wanted because I'm leaving. Yeshiva Yeah, I don't know what the punchline is. It's missing. The one we need is missing. Because you're not in immediate danger, but yes, if you're pregnant. And it interrupts you me all the time. Yes, every pregnancy. No, but I mean, wow, if you. Yeah, I've only had black and tan when this was red. You're <coughs> all negative. It's that's a dangerous pregnancy. Right so we're talking about seven Would you consider that over 50%? Something like that. I don't know. The doctors have to decide the numbers. The rabbis don't get to decide the numbers. Okay, so, so you tell them yeah. that it is so the doctor says it's more than 51% chance, more than 50% chance, then it's a problem. You should abort. Okay. No, I didn't say you should abort. You should, well, don't do you should abortion. do something. Talking about don't get pregnant. That's, we're not talking well, about aborting. I, aborting I is murder. If you got something pregnant. else, maybe. So does it get down to a medical pain of what's this woman's risk of getting pregnant? Well, we say see, most uh, people, most people in her situation. Well, that's what he's, let's see, he's yeah. going to talk about it. Let's Should, see, so would, he would says. Be, I would think that's over. So his proof is like this. Here's another proof. His proof B is, so proof A is from Benching Goma. Proof B is, he says, the Gemara says, that if there's, even if there's a snake wrapped around your feet, you don't interrupt your Shmones. The Gemara is missing from here for some reason. Uh, someone must use it, it's a good sign. Um, and he says, but he goes on to say the next, that's a Mishnah, by the way. Mishnah says, I feel nachash karach there is a snake wrapped around your ankle. Lo yafsik, do not interrupt. So, so by the Amar of Sheshit, lo shnail and nachash. Sheshit said, that's only about a snake. Avil akrav, but a scorpion, posik. You stop, you shmonas. Don't mess with scorpions. Okay, so now what does it mean? So the so he's going to bring the Ramam. First of all, the first thing is, Tosus there says, um, of course, if a snake, we're talking about a, a non-poisonous snake. Right. Words, if a snake, if you see a poison snake, a rattlesnake, and it's ready to bite you, of course, it says you, you're obligated to stop your Shimon Esri. Talking about a snake that is not, it's not in the attack mode. Okay, and that's how like the Rambam... snake. You ask it, you say, excuse me. Are you, are you going to No, I'm saying you see a snake coming down the road, you're in the middle of Esri, that's not a reason to interrupt. Okay. Right. It's been tested many times. But he times. says, so the Rambam explains like this. He brings, so what's the difference between a snake and a scorpion? Why a scorpion do you interrupt? So the Rambam says, Perish Mishnayis, the Rambam is a commentary on the Mishnah, says, Chayna Bartanura, Kivan de Nachash, Eino Noshech Berov Pam, since the majority of times, snakes don't bite. Majority of times, they're not aggressive. Snakes only bite if, they're, if they feel they're, you know, they feel threatened, exactly. Um, so majority of times snakes don't attack. Aval Akrov, but a scorpion, Shemin Hago, Linshochtam, it always bites, whether it's threatened or not. Posik, therefore, for the scorpion, you're going to stop your Shmones. But that's how the Rambam explains it. But for the snake, since majority of time they don't bite, so therefore you're not. Now the question is, what majority? When it comes to Pikuach Nefesh, 
We said there's no such thing as majority. Are you permitted to smash the scorpion with your prayer book? <laughs> Save your life, of course. <laughs> that's why you can't have. A, you have to have a thick, good prayer book. You have these soft-covered, because uh, you know, reform ones. That's not going to work. Or your iPhone, your prayer book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what's so you, what's his proof? So he says, I see from the Rambam. Well, your Rambam says, Rove Pamim, it doesn't bite. What do you? What what does Rove have to do with danger? Yeah. We have a, a, a permission. Danger is always, even if it's a one percent chance. Yeah. So he says, so must be. So his proof is Who cares that the snake won't bite majority of times? We don't go after Rov. He says. So you see from here again is another proof. The high time of my reasoning. Kivon the cane. That's not considered clear and present danger. If there's a future danger, meaning there's a snake walking down the road. Listen, fifth, more than 50 snakes don't bite more than more majority of the times. And therefore, you can't interrupt Yishman Esri. What do you mean it's dangerous? I can die. No, chill out. You don't have to worry about it. It's a future danger. Just keep talking to God. I mean, this is complete idiocy. <laughs> Why is it? Because, I mean... As, like, literally we're not talking about again an aggressive. We're not talking about if it's an aggressive situation. Of course, you interrupt your shmoneh. I, I mean, I'm looking at this as just a poetic thing. Not poetic. It's obviously, it's in the Shulchan Aruch, Yeah, but this is. And this he discussed. He said, if it's po- if it's poisonous, they go through all the. I different understand. Things. It's. The, so you got to know your snakes. All right, whatever. It's not poetic. This is real. Poetry. It's real life. If it's your pet snake, you don't This worry. is not real life. And I'll tell you, if if a chassid is davening and a snake wraps themselves around their leg and it's a non-poisonous snake and they made that assessment right at that moment, again, it's a chassid shote. He's an idiot. According to the Gemara. More like the chassid says, what is that? <laughs> Never seen that before. <laughs> He's an idiot. They are making a pedagogical point. Of, of course, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm calling a poetry. I mean, this is more... Maybe. Who knows? Maybe snakes were a real deal back then. Okay, so so in either case, listen, the question is, either, whether you, however you want to view the Gemara, the point is, at the end of the day, the Rambam is saying it has to do with numbers. So the question is, why are we bringing numbers into Sakana? That's his question. So he's saying that's a proof that numbers do play a role when it comes to future Sakana, not a present. So in this case, if the majority... Uh, my question is, I, would, I don't know why this is not viewed as a present danger. If the <laughs> yeah. snake is there, I mean, that's my, I'm not sure why, I w- why we view this as a future Sakana, not a present. If the snake is wrapped around your, your legs, it sounds to me like present danger, not a future. You're not getting on a well, cruise. Unless it's not a poisonous sure. snake. Yeah, but then, so then there's no danger. If it's not poisonous, then this whole thing is not a plus. That's kind of important. So I think other Rishonim learn, don't understand, understand, understand that it's not poison. If it's poisonous, of course you can, you can. Uh, like I said, Tosos there says very clearly, if it's, um, you know, it's just li- lifting up its head, Tosos says, of course you can break each one. Talking about a snake that's just slithering along the road. So do I have to start well, running? That's different than wrapped around your leg. You see, I think that's actually the big thing. Yeah. If you see a scorpion on the road, you know it's going to attack yes. you in the future, meaning in the next run. five minutes. You're still allowed to break your shoulders. Right. But the snake, if you see a slither on the road, right. and it's not around your legs yet, they're saying yeah. it's maybe not. Right. You even talk about the same Mishnah, by the way, it talks about a, if a king says shalom to you. I'd say the ruler is passing by. Probably the dictator, and he says, you know, shalom, shalom to you. You're now allowed to respond to him in the middle of Shmoneh. Except for a non-Jewish So now the question is, it's going to... It says, of course, we're talking about someone, right, a Jewish king who's not going to threaten your life. That's what the Gemara answers, because if there's any danger to your life, of course you But to get back to our case, so if a woman who has a certain kind of medical liability from getting pregnant, if the danger to her is more than 50% of death, You'd say then it is a present yes. danger. Yeah. Yes, now so it is a present danger. Then you, you uh, then you don't, you cannot get prohibited for it to get pregnant. But if the best medical pain is only a thirty percent chance, exactly. then she can get pregnant. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what he's what he's going to go with. Now in this case, if you remember, the language of the doctor of the questionnaire was the tamus pravade. The doctor was saying she's surely going to die. Sounds like it's a hundred percent. Right. But he so he doesn't he's not so sure about it. Um, Sounds like a I scorpion to in. me. I don't know if I put that in. Because he says, listen, even though the doctor says she's surely going to die, of course doctors exaggerate. doesn't mean she's surely going to die. Probably less than a 50% chance. That's surprising. Because, again, you know, he's, uh, he's making the 
medical statement de minimis, whereas if you had the best opinion you have, and this is a medical opinion, and he's ignoring it, that's right. a little surprising, don't you think? So he said, no, so he brings, he says, listen, she got pregnant already twice, nothing happened to her, doesn't, you know, can't imagine she's that due. she's going to die the third, the third time. Yeah, probably 40 years ago. She's I'm not talking about the 60s, isn't that? No, no, she was 40 years younger when she got pregnant. That is surprising that he said, ah. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe he didn't like the doctors in, in Germany. But let's see, the next piece here, it's really not, it's related to the birth control signal, but just, I just So what's his final ruling, which is she Getting there, getting there, chill out, uh, it's still early, it's only 9 o'clock. <laughs> Now we actually finish one. So the here. next piece, um, <laughs> he gets into this whole issue, fascinating, which I never knew about, which is the Gemara Megillah deals with um, Esther and Achashverosh and Mordechai. It seems like the, and I, the reason why it was fascinating to me also because I happened to give a class on uh, on Shuas about this, about Esther and Achashverosh, and um, my class on Shuas, maybe we'll do it here. Great class. It was on uh, honeypots. Familiar with honeypots? Um, most like uh, when you have an intelligent agent, a woman, female, to tries to attract a male. Pussy galore. Right, so it's called a honeypot. It's called honeypot in, in the method. Is called honeypot in, in intelligence language. Anyway, so I spoke about if you have a married or Mossad agent, female, like the case of Mordechai Vanunu, where she they sent the woman. That's how they got Vanunu, the guy who released the secrets of the. So they sent this married woman, her name was um, Cheryl Shemtov, I believe. She's from Florida, American Israeli woman, who was married to go and start dating him. They have built a relationship with him and got him to Rome. Took him on a trip to Rome to get the Mossad to kidnap So the question is, are you, is it permitted to commit adultery for the sake of saving the country? That was my class. Great class. Anyway, but for a different you time. But country. So that's really what Esther was. So that's what they discussed. One of the precedents is Esther. So he discussed the Gemara here. The Gemara in Megillah seems to imply that Esther used to go back and forth between Achashverosh and Mordechai. Mordechai was her husband, according to one matter. She would go one night with Achashverosh one way. So the question is, clearly, where was she using birth control? Um, so it says it can't be. With she wasn't using birth control with Achashverosh because Achashverosh wasn't using birth control because we know Daryavish. Darius was a descendant of Esther. So if Darius was a descendant of Esther, clearly she wasn't using birth control. Um, so it says it must How be that she was that? using birth control with Mordechai. So that means Mordechai clearly permitted using birth control. How that be? So a lot of discussion. How do we know Darius was a descendant of Esther? I, I, that's what the Gemara says. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not a historian. I can't tell you. Um, so anyway, so that's what he goes through over here, discussing that aspect of chances, etc. Going, getting back to numbers. Anyway, the last few lines, getting back to our case of this woman getting pregnant. So he he says, um, if you see four lines from the bottom. There's an abbreviation smack in the middle of the line. Um, if he didn't use uh, a condom, the lehuter masha. He wouldn't be permitted for him. So he says it would not be permitted in our case also to use birth control. Okay, get to another case. Um, so he, anyway, he ends up um, not allowing birth control in this case and saying the woman since it's less than 50% that she's going to get pregnant uh, less, sorry less than 50% chance she'll that, die. that she'll die it's not a problem don't, don't worry about it that's the case that's what he permits the husband okay which is like you're saying very, very fascinating knowing all that we know about Pekoch Nefesh and seemingly going against the word of the doctor here yes. which usually rabbis don't do right that's, so that's, that's to me the surprising part I mean, I could see if you have to make, if you have to figure out where to draw the line. The question is, where do you draw the line? And, you know, you can waffle. And, but it would seem to me you would err on the side of Pekuach Nefesh, particularly if you're armed with a physician who's saying it's 100% certainty. Right, so again, so there's, but the key, the key point that we are bringing out from this, and this is the, the which many contemporary posts can use in today's 
field of medical ethics, Jewish medical ethics, is this aspect of the principle he's setting forth, which is that when it's not a clear and present danger, then we use the fi- when we go with majority with the, with the doctor's numbers. In his case, he, he's not using the doctor's numbers. Right. That's, that's disagreeing with the that's doctors medically. To me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that's the side point. The, the, the key point here is the principle. The principle is we only don't use numbers when it comes to pikuach nefesh. Numbers are irrelevant. Um, even minority numbers will risk, will violate Shabbat or whatever it is. Yom Kippur, when it's a clear and present yeah. danger. When it's a future danger, then numbers do play a role. So that's the key principle here. And uh, assume, so I'm, I'm taking this and applying it to this Hasidic woman, that would be the question with her. The doctor said there's more than a, leaving out the social issue. Just right. with her own health, that's the first question. So if the doctor said that there's her life is in danger, more than 50% chance that her life is in danger, then clearly, according to the Binyan Sin, it would be prohibited for her to do what she and did. And he's not even considering the quality of life of that baby. baby. Yeah, that's a different... Uh, he, he, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't address that. He doesn't address that. Yeah. I don't know if that was an issue here. But I'm just saying, I'm pointing out, so the bottom line is for this Hasidic woman, according to the Binyan Sin, if the doctors, and I, I don't know anything about those numbers, you have to speak to someone who, who knows how that works, age... You could probably look them up. I'm sure they study. Mm-hmm. So, woman, I mean, uh, it's not such a common case. It's a 65-year-old woman. I doubt pregnant. there are studies. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and this is so many standard deviations out. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. so r- probably right? you can't even know. There's no data. Yeah. No, no, but it, it's probably it's can't even already. Um, this is just uh, just gross negligence. Which may have been the case here. They're talking about because who knows what the the specifics were. We disregard the medical advice. Yeah. So if if like you're saying the numbers clearly this woman's life is in danger, the majority. And again, I I don't know how we would ascertain that. Then there's no question he's saying it would be us. The Benjamin saying my question. They they came this fifty out of the uh, air. The what? The fifty percent. No, no, it's not out of the air. It's the same as in all halacha. All halacha, we go with majority rules. That's except a when you do except medical, medical. Except when you do medical experimentation, and it's thirty-three percent. No, yeah. Well, that's a good question. What happened to that thirty-three percent risk? Risky percent. Regular risk. By, by the way, Ramosh Feinstein holds fifty percent in all. He doesn't go with the thirty-three. It's only Rabbi Yashua who goes to thirty-three percent. Based on the Mitzvah, Moshe says fifty when he when Moshe Moshe yeah goes with Rov, which is the standard. It's only Rabbi Yashiv who came up with this, with the uh, with the Mitzvah. Yeah, that's because he had the aneurysm. <laughs> 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 huh? That's the reason not to. No, he not wanted the surgery. No, I'm saying he fifty no, percent. It would have been easier. Right, right. He's oh, saying would have been he could have done so, the surgery yeah. right away. Kotor Moshe could have had the surgery immediately. It's only because he was Machmer. Yeah. on himself that he couldn't have you know to me this is a killer cut case of judicial activism it sounded like this guy um, Ethlinger he wanted this woman to get pregnant because by disregarding the medical advice I mean that's that's saying I don't know well, he I, I didn't so I left it out here um, we would call that judicial activism in today's terms I left it out here because I, I, I didn't I didn't remember to put it in but at one point he discussed he says even though the doctor is saying she's surely going to die of course they don't mean that doesn't mean she's only going to die. Clearly, she had two babies before and nothing happened to her. You know. <laughs> so I mean, that's crazy. It's hey, crazy listen, se- 1700s. Well, yeah, like, uh, 1824. That's when he died. Oh, 1824. I know, but it, what if it's wrong? What if he's wrong? Yeah. Hey, listen, why, how could this rabbi give the blessing? That's, that's bothering me more. So yeah, how did this Nardvorna rabbi give the blessing to this 65-year-old woman? This needs to be told he's he dead. is he's not... Dead. Well, then he... he <laughs> Maybe they made him. a big donation. <laughs> but I'm saying that's that's bothering me more. Meaning, assuming... First of all, that he didn't know the Bidjan Zion, the Hasidic rabbi, probably not. He didn't know this tshuva. He did was. the same thing he did. He disregarded my no. opinion and said, fine. Oh, you mean you say he, he might have thought the well, numbers? The medical, the, no, the medical opinion in this case is 60 year olds, probably less stern than what they're describing here. Well, I don't know. Probably is, who knows? Who knows? That's exactly right. The medical. Listen, I have no we idea. Said, we have no experience with 60 year old people getting pregnant. Uh, bring that book. Right. We said last. We said from Rebbe last week also 50 percent, meaning with that woman, diabetic who's hypertension, right. hypertension. Right. He also said as long as it's less than 50 percent, it's fine. He also, I mean, he ruled with this. He was going basically clearly with this. That's what Yash was doing. But I mean, it's not a clear and present danger. Which again, I, I'm not this. What's what I don't understand is why is it not clear and present? How do you ascertain the same thing with a snake? We're saying there is a snake around your feet. 
Why is it not clear and present? Um, pregnancy, what's not present about it? Because right now, when I'm having relations, there's no danger? Is that the issue? I don't understand that how they're defining having, clear and having, present. Having sex of itself is not dangerous. Getting Depends pregnant who. is dangerous. Depends who. Yeah, but who thinks a 65-year-old woman is going to get pregnant? Well, she didn't get pregnant. Yeah, anyway, there's no sexual act there. This is... Right. I was going to say, it's on a test. Yeah. Did she carry the baby in her yeah. uterus? Oh, uh, that was... Yeah, she, she came, she presented her herself in Israel at 12 weeks of pregnancy. 12 weeks, yeah, right. She went to Russia, got implanted, and... So she must have been taking a hell of a lot of hormones. Yeah. Yeah, come on. This is all chemistry. Yeah. That's... This is uh, terrible. That rabbi should his. Uh, that's At the end of the day, we could talk about it, how dangerous and crazy it is. But when you see pictures of this woman, I was crying. At the end of the day, yeah, I mean, yeah, the unbelievable thing. The rabbi's forty-six years of marriage. Could you wait? Wait for you when the baby starts running around. You see a picture of the woman hanging out in pants. But she did it. I'm just saying. So I agree. I agree with you 100. percent I agree. It was probably wrong to do it. But end of the day, when you see a picture, it's unbelievable. So miracles are wonderful. It's true. But so it's a miracle. So whatever. Also, you don't know anything. We really don't know about her health. I mean, I'm thinking about risky treatment scan to Bakey, and that he was 96 year old. Right, same thing. Meaning, uh, before everyone was saying no, one wanted to do it. At the end of the day, the, the physicians who said no, the ethicists and the Methodist hospital right. uh, said no. They felt like idiots. The guy, 10 years later, is still driving around on a scooter. George knew said, you know, "You're right. It's wrong, and it was wrong to do it to the Bakey." But afterwards, you know, it's always easier, right, being Monday morning quarterback. You know, no, I don't mind. It's somehow the debakey thing doesn't bother me as much because he knew that he was. Because you're racist. You hate Hasidic women. He knew what? Be. He knew that he was going to die. Yeah. Either way. Right. Hey. He, I mean, it's like. To me, he, he knew he wasn't living forever. Well, look, for this woman who's actually still cons going to get a blessing. I mean, it's a little more sugar on the fur. Yeah. It says something about the woman. Also, we're the rabbi. Oh, bro. Yeah. We don't know anything about the it's woman. It's a bigger risk to the rabbi. The rabbi died from the pregnancy. <laughs> George Noon said about the bakey, he says, yeah, he's 96 years old, but physiologically, he's like a 70-year-old guy. Now, we don't know anything about this woman. We know she's very committed to getting pregnant, but who knows? She could have been, uh, you know, a triathlete for all we know. Not likely. So what? <laughs> so that she... Ray Brown. So what? Other than being 60-some-odd, did she have any other medical issues? Does it, but does it really matter? I mean, what if she's in perfect health? Yeah. What's the risk? Nobody really knows what the risk is. That's right. But it's still risky to even suggest it that a sixty-year-old is it socially than a thirty-year-old? We don't know. Well, but it's socially inappropriate. I mean, unless you consider the health picture. of the baby. How can you not uh, look at the picture? Psychological health. This is all her friends. Uh, so like the she has friends who married off grandchildren. Look at this picture. Just look at it, Ron. Right? What? Her friends married off grandchildren. Her social circles are marrying off their grandchildren. Because it's Brebrock. She got married when she was 18. Right. right. So her friends, the pictures, her friends look like they, you know, they're in the nursing home. <laughs> Ron doesn't even want to look at it. Because you know if you look at it, you'll... you'll uh, okay, so I want to get to the next year. Okay. 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 I don't think it's so crazy. I think if this woman is that committed... And is and the risk is unknown, which I think she it is. Probably in this should case. be committed. Could be, but yeah. if the risk is unknown, the, the rabbi is going to say. I mean, he goes to the sources and he finds that actually the support, the sources sort of support her position. That if the risk is un, can't say it's more than fifty percent, right. then you, you have my blessing. I mean, I think halachically you can make the case. Ron doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah I think we're talking about. If you look at bell curves, you look at standard deviations, which to me are very important to understand okay. norms. Well, standard deviations. You're like, go, 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 keep yeah. going. I mean, yeah. you're like way out there. Well, we don't know. There's no data. But because uh, so far... Uh, in fact, you can make the case. I mean, every time a, a woman in her 60s gives birth, it makes the news. We don't have the data on all the 60-year-old women who got pregnant and died. Yeah. I mean, you don't hear about those. That's right. Either because they don't occur or nobody's reporting them. But if okay. you just go on with the data we have, being 60 and getting pregnant, not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it right. works out. <laughs> and the next tour is, is groundbreaking to me, at least. The tour from Moshe Feinstein. I don't think we ever discussed this one. It's about um, inducing labor. Um, so he's just really not relevant to our topic per se, but 
basically what he dis- he discusses is risk. Is the truth is about the risk involved. Can you put yourself into into a place of sakana? Because labor is dangerous. So now he, he says fascinating some fascinating principles here, um, which you probably won't like. So let's read uh, this. This is a fascinating response. Ron in particular. Ron <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like much. I, okay. like, I just mm, Ron, look. This is, this is unbelievable. True. You got to see the true Ron. You got it. This is from a Moshe Feinstein. Other side. Igus Moshe Yerudei Chelik Bay Simon Ayin Dalit. Second volume of Yerudei. True response is seventy-four. Beinian hakdamat leda aydei tarbulis, inducing. Or uh, pushing up the birth through various tachbulos. Uh, How do you translate tachbulot? Um, Inducements? No, it means like uh, procedures. Through various procedures. Nagdamat leda. So it's interesting. This is written, by the way, in 1970. It seems like in 1970. Today, inducing labor is very common. 1970. It wasn't. He, he didn't even understand. No. He, didn't have a, he thought they meant like to do a cesarean. Like he didn't really understand that there, you could induce labor. It wasn't as common. Today it's it's the norm. Doctors going on vacation, you, you know, for life they, were, they were doing it back then too. Maybe they weren't telling yeah. the Ask patients. Alan. Alan, were they inducing labor in 1970 as often as today? Not yeah. as often, but they were as doing it. As often as today? I don't know how often they're doing it today. But we're doing a lot of cesarean sections. No, cesarean. Not how about, about inducing, inducing labor? labor? We were inducing labor in the 70s, yeah. Yeah, early 70s. This is 1970. Yeah. So it's, it says, My last quote, you did here. I have a gun. First, the Marine of Shmuel Tuvia Stern, Shlita, Rav Miami Beach. So the guy who asked the question, the Rabbi Miami Beach. I guess in Miami they were doing a lot of inducing labor. Hine, he says, But well, that's doing much more in the United States than elsewhere at the time. That's quite yeah. possible. Yeah, but this is written in the United States. Yeah. Come on, you gotta see the stuff. It's unbelievable. You with me? It's good stuff. He says like this. He rounds upset. What are you upset about? Uh, I'm reading here about uh, 65 year old. It says there, there are national standards in Italy and Britain about women well, every country pregnancy is. over the 50. And this Britain's then Secretary of State for Health, Virginia Bottomley, stated women do not have the right to have a child. The child has a right to a suitable home. Mm-hmm. However, in 2005, aid restrictions in IVF in the United Kingdom were officially withdrawn. In what year? 85? 2005. Why? I don't know. Yeah. Bas- and they say here, between the ages, between the years of 2000, where is it? between 1997 and 1999, 530, this is the United States, 539 births were reported among mothers over the age of 50, with 194 being over 55. So that's very few. 594? Two were found to be older than 50. What's that? 594, you said? In 1999, between those three years, 1997 and 1999, they were 104, they were delivered over the age of 55. Whatever. It is so unusual. So rare. I agree with you 100%. I'm surprised even that number, that larger number. So, early in my medical practice, I had a woman, 55 years old, had triplets. Mm. That's a joke, you know, they say the... I'm not joking. No, I'm saying, you know, the joke, at the reform wedding, the bride is pregnant, at the conservative wedding, the rabbi is pregnant, the orthodox wedding, the mother of the bride is pregnant. Right. How was she 10 years later, 12 years later, when they were teenagers? Good question. Okay, so you gotta see the shuvah. It's, it's, I think it's ground. It's a groundbreaking shuvah. It says like this: Hine concerning the doctor who is advising the woman, that she thinks that her time is her months are up. to set a time in order to to uh, to induce the the birth through procedures. Shekasav, whatever, it's a title for him. Mitzadid Lasser. This Rabbi Stern is, is writing with Moshe that he thinks it would be prohibited. I never heard of this, that they're able to do this through a normal birth. 
Moshe uh, saying in 1970, he never heard of it. They do it for women in the, at their first child, their first birth. And that they have to do a cesarean. That in the second pregnancy, she, they won't be able to give birth through the normal manner, um, the normal birth. Vaginal birth. Sheomdin came mitzad katnusa, based on her smallness, on her size, that she won't be able to give have a vaginal birth. Shabizeh omrim la arofim. Therefore, the doctors are telling her. What is it? A new study of 101 women aged 15 and older who had children using donated eggs reveals that pregnancy at this age carries about the same risk as similarly induced pregnancies in younger women. What about this study is the largest one to date to look at pregnancy in postmenopausal women. What year? Can you send it to me? What year was that article? This is 2012. Can you send it to mm-hmm. me? From what journal? I don't know. I'm going to find out. Oh, okay. From the journal National Enquirer. National Enquirer. Can you send me the link, please? It was from Columbia University. So, but, but this is 65, 15 years later. The psych ward. I mean, it's really Leftist liberals. Okay, it's so he says, So the, the doctors say, not to wait until she gets, goes into labor. They set a day for her last to do the surgery. That according to the assessment of the doctors, that her time has come to, to give birth. Approximately, who bezel like a tap, because of whatever the, the title. The ein lahavi es haisha l'de pikuach nefesh chutz l'derech tever. Says the this Rabbi Stern was saying, you shouldn't bring this woman to a case of danger to life outside of nature. I mean, you're, it's a, now it's going to be an unnatural. You're putting her in a situation of labor which is not coming naturally. Since the, so Moshe doesn't like it. he says that since according to the opinion of the doctor, Mumcha, an expert doctor, um, it will be forced to be to have a cesarean, which is not natural. I don't, I don't understand where he's going here yet. I'm not okay. sure. I don't, I don't okay, keep going. Okay, I have him. But it, he says in any case, says Moshe, near the Kivan since she can wait, you should not induce it, you should not uh, make it earlier. Again, he's emotionally understanding it as having a cesarean, an early cesarean, as opposed to waiting until she goes into labor. As a, it's an option. This is no threat to the baby's life. At the well, moment. he's going to talk about it. We'll see. So he says, Any surgery, um, including cesarean section, is there's a, there's a danger involved. And therefore, don't advance the the uh, the ill person the the patient um, or don't advance the illness in this case the surgery and the 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 impending danger. We should be concerned not to um, um, to make the illness before the proper time. Even though you're going to end up maybe having to do this there in a later time. Whether it's a day or two. But he says it's better to wait. So I don't know if he means to wait till labor, the onset of labor. I don't know what the medical field says today. They probably say don't do that. Don't Assuming do it makes sense. Not to wait till labor. If you're going to do a cesarean, not to wait till labor begins. I don't know. Well, if you have a diabetic, you don't wait till labor. You no, I'm saying, let's say in a regular case, where you know you're going to have to do cesarean. Is it better to wait till labor, the onset of labor to do the cesarean or do it before? Difference of opinion. Some people think that the uh, pressing the kid's head stimulates uh, his breathing. Other people will do the cesarean. Mm. It's also better for the, <coughs> he's saying, Ramosh is saying, medically, it's better for the, to the for the, fetus to be in the mother's stomach according uh, up until the time that that the natural time of birth it comes out that you're do- doing a disservice to the to the um, to the fetus she is also prohibited so the gam meaning is better to leave him in there as baking as long as possible and it's possible they will be able to have a vaginal birth um, not like the like the 
like the doctor's assessment. Many times the first pregnancy they have to do a cesarean. And afterwards she can give, she could have a vaginal birth. A few times. Sometimes. So skip the parentheses. So the chain, um, three lines from the end of the first paragraph. Ain lasses Do not induce the labor. Even for those who are, who are supposed to have a cesarean, who, who need to or require to have a cesarean. And you have to wait. Until, until she feels her labor pains. And at that point, at that point, you can't wait anymore. Unless the doctors say medically, it's a danger for her to wait. Then, of course, you can schedule whatever you, you have to what do. What was the original question? As soon as possible. And therefore, it's not possible to set an exact time. God, Where is he so, he, so, so he's saying, so far all he said was very simple. He's saying if there's no medical necessity... Then wait until the last moment. Yes. But if there's okay. a medical... Yes. So, so far that's all so he said. who cares? And we all know no. that. No, no, not true. Many times, nothing, nothing many times the doctors will set a date for a cesarean section, even yeah. though he's saying, he say no, you have to wait for the labor pain, onset of labor. That's no vacation for the doctor. But right. what was the original question? Is there any medical threat to the fetus? Doesn't say. Doesn't say. So, but this is that's not the important part. So, so that's pretty simple, clear cut. He's saying if there's a medical necessity, of course, do it. Um, if there's no medical necessity, meaning they're just setting a time, at this yeah. this date we're going to we're going to induce the labor. That's prohibited, he says. Wait now he's going to explain the night There has to be a original question. So you don't just make a general statement. It's got to be some kind of question here. Well, the question in this case, it just discusses. Um, it just says, first time um, they did a cesarean. Now the question is, can they induce her labor early? That's all it says. Doesn't, doesn't say so the chances okay. of having it against cesarean is very high. Yeah. Right. Right. No, but the question is again: Is you have to wait for onset of labor or not? So, I'm, I have to stop. <laughs> but this is awesome. What are you going to say? I'll just give you a heads up. Unbelievable thing. He discusses now, like we said before, all pregnancy is in essence dangerous. So labor is dangerous. So what's the difference if I'm moving it up or not? She's going to be in this dangerous situation. So he says an unbelievable thing. He says, first of all, he, he says a massive principle, which uh, in all medical ethics, what he says is that if God created something in the world which is a normal part of life, it's not possible for it to be dangerous. It's a fascinating thing. So since pregnancy is part of the cycle of life, God couldn't put something in the world. More so, he says, it's even a mitzvah. He says, since it's a mitzvah, it's an obligation to get pregnant, to have children. He says, it's not possible that it's dangerous. Can't be dangerous. <laughs> so he says, "What about?" It we could see? be painful, though. No, painful. Yeah, pain, pain is a different thing. Um, that's the curse of Chava. Right. But I'm saying, as far as danger to the woman's life, he says it's not possible. That pregnancy could be dangerous. Normal sense. Um, he says the only <laughs> this, this is the kicker. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to come back next week. <laughs> he says, so the only reason I, there's women that die in, during late in right, pregnancy. because they didn't like sin, the animals. Because, sin, exactly. Yeah. Right, they didn't do, they didn't do, uh, they didn't Right, he says it has to be, it's only because they sin. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethic Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j ethics.org Shalom Shalom